0: Welcome to Dialogue on Divorce. I'm Katherine Miller. I'm the founder of the Miller Law Group, providing mediation and collaborative law services in New York City and Westchester County. I'm on a mission to change how people divorce. And I'm here today with Elise Pattis. Elise is the founder and editorial director of Untied, an un- online and real-life community for women navigating separation and divorce. And a little bit more about Elise. She's a graduate of Brown University and Columbia Journalism School. She worked in documentary film and then as a freelance journalist and writer for publications including the New York Times, New York Magazine, Gourmet, and Healthy Living, among others. In 2010, her own marital split awakened her to some big needs among women facing divorce. She started to write about her experiences for the Huffington Post, the Street.com, Divorced Moms, among other sites, before starting her own organization to offer women support, education and community and access to top divorce professionals in the New York area. Now, in its fourth year, it's hard to believe that Untied has over 1,000 members in New York City and has recently started live streaming its events to a national audience. Welcome, Elise. It's great to have you.
1: Thank you. I'm delighted to be talking with you.
0: And I just, I thought maybe we'd start with how you and I met a number of years ago at an event that you invited me to participate in. Why don't you tell our listeners about that event and, and about Untied and what your thinking is in creating it?
1: So that was back in, the, in 2013, and I had just gotten it into my head that what women really needed, aside from reading about other people divorcing and reading the words of professionals who worked in the area of divorce, was to connect with each other. And I remember that I had more than anything wanted to talk to women who were further down the road who could tell me whether I'd survive. I mean, I knew I would survive, but I wanted to hear somebody say, this is really awful now, but it does get better. And I I needed to see it in the flesh. I needed you know, to reach out and connect with people. And uh, I didn't see any place to do that online. And I thought, well, I'm just going to open my doors and invite people to hear some professionals and to connect with each other and learn something along, you know, in the process.
0: And see that they're not alone.
1: And see that they're not alone and they're not the only ones going through this. So the first event I had was in, I think it was January of 2013.
0: And let me just stop you for one second, because when you say open my doors, you literally mean open the doors to your home and invite people in. Correct.
1: Correct because that was what I had. I mean, in in my split, I ended up with a house, which was a big house, bigger than I needed, frankly. With, and I have two boys, but I felt as if it somehow made me feel like I had something to give back after getting through that divorce. And it was also the most affordable way, actually, to have like a gathering, with, you know, to do it in my home in Brooklyn. And so I tagged the person that seemed... The most visible at that time who was addressing sort of issues to women considering divorce. I tagged a Forbes columnist that I had read and asked him to come. And and what I realized that first meeting is that women were so happy to connect with each other. So many of them took down each other's numbers and befriended one another and, you know, and afterwards became real support for each other. And I also learned a lot of other things and, you know, they came to me at times with great suggestions for people to come. And I think you came to our very second meeting, which was back in 2013. I think it was the winter. And it was prompted by, I believe, one of your colleagues who came and said, you know, there are a lot of ways to divorce. It's not just you get a litigation lawyer and you go to court. And that, it was so exciting because I thought, oh my gosh, you're right. And there are other methods to divorce. And I feel like it's my job to spread the word about that. And so I believe you came representing collaborative law, and we had a team of mediators, and we had a traditional litigation attorney, and we talked, and you all talked to the group about how your process differs. And still to this day, three years later, getting emails about how grateful women were to find you and... Realized that they could save a ton of money and tons of heartbreak by going down the collaborative route as opposed to the litigation route. So it's really it was very it was a wonderful night for me because I realized, yeah, there's a real role for spreading the word and for inviting you know different kinds of professionals to talk in front of a group of women who need to you know who need to know more about what's ahead and how to make choices, who to hire. And what kind of, you know, what, what what they should expect from the process.
0: You know, I love how you're talking about that, Elise, because I think that divorce, you know, facing divorce is a very overwhelming, whether or not you're the person choosing it or not choosing it, it's very overwhelming. It's fraught with feeling and emotion. And it's scary. And the, and at the same time, there are some really important decisions that people facing divorce need to make right away Mm -hmm. about how they're going to make the decisions that they're going to make to get them through the divorce. And considering that the overwhelming majority, and I mean, 97% in New York of people facing divorce settle before a trial, it's crucial that you make a good decision about how you're going to do that.
1: So true.
0: Right. And that means education. And it means, like, really sort of arming yourself with information, not about what the settlement should be or what you want, but about how you're going to talk about it and who's going to be involved.
1: And as I'm sure you find yourself saying all the time, and I find myself saying all the time, how you go through this forest determines to a great extent who you are when you come out of it. And That's why I feel like it's so important to offer women, you know, options that they can, that they can really hold on to and understand. And the other thing I think I'd like to do more is get women over the fear of making that first phone call. Because I think that, as you probably know, I mean, you, you don't have to get divorced just because you pick up the phone and talk to an attorney. And that is often the biggest and scariest step of all. But no woman getting divorced or not getting divorced, you know, says, I'm really sorry I did that.
0: <laughs> made that call. They're
1: never sorry that they made that call.
0: Yeah. You know, and when people call my office, Elise, they don't get me on the phone right away. They talk to my my assistant and she gives them all kinds of information. It's completely free. It's an opportunity to sort of talk through all of the options and, you know, get information and get further resources. So even when you pick up a phone to call a lawyer, you might not actually even have to talk to a lawyer. And I know, you know, that (laughs) lots of people don't like, you know, to talk to lawyers, and I don't take that personally. But there are a lot of resources out there that where people can women and men can inform themselves either on the internet or actually on the phone or in person about what their options are without actually having to talk to a lawyer.
1: Well that's good. And I think that sometimes people come to our events thinking,'m just gonna I'm just gonna put myself into a room with people who are going through it. and see what that feels like And they're not entirely sure. And there are people who say that they've been to our events and are incredibly their life has changed and they're not getting divorced. So that's kind of an interesting thing too. I mean they, they, they learn you learn something when you're in the discussion. I guess whether it's with your assistant on the phone or if it's with other women in a room, but you're looking at it. It takes courage to just look at things, I think, sometimes, and I think that that is always a good thing, right? To get information, to take a cold, hard look at things about where you know where you are, what you're feeling, and what you really need is so important. And I think that, I mean, I speak for women, and I'm sure men. Are the same way. We all find ourselves, it's oftentimes just ignoring things that are a problem, you know, just putting them off, putting them off or putting them to the side, putting them on the back burner, so to speak. And there's, you know, again, it does take courage to pick up the phone and call your office for the first time. It It absolutely does. Yeah. It takes courage to walk into one of our events. And there are different kinds of people feel different levels of comfort with different, you know,
0: Yeah. This is Dialogue on Divorce. I'm Catherine Miller. I'm speaking today with Elise Pettis, the founder of Untied, an online and real-life community for women navigating separation and divorce. And we're talking today about divorce choices and options and communities and what women and men um, might need and benefit from as part of the thinking about divorce. And Elise, I'm thinking that You might be a great person to answer the question, well, what do you think people most wonder about in the early parts of divorce, you know, deciding whether or not to divorce and then in the early parts of the divorce process itself?
1: I think there are two big questions depending on their circumstances. One is, will I be able to afford, you know, living where I'm living? Will will my life change substantially? Will I be financially secure? That's the first question that comes up for most people. The second is always, how are my kids going to handle it? How are my kids going to be okay? Are they going to, you know, fall apart? Are they going to need therapy? Are my kids going to be those troubled kids that, you know, you hear about and read about, you know, high risk for drug and alcohol, et cetera, et cetera. So I think those two issues compete, you know, financial security and the safety and welfare and ha- happiness of their kids. What do you find?
0: You know, I think that it kind of ties into what you said before, which is what you said was, I'm paraphrasing, but along the lines of what decisions you make about how you go through this process determines who who you'll be on the other side. And I think that these two questions are similarly, are very similar to that. You know, will we be okay? Mm -hmm. Will I be secure? Will my kids be secure? What is going to happen to me and my children as part of this process And so, yeah, I do think that I think that that's a very good question. I think that when people talk about money, they're usually talking about something other than money clearly. That mm-hmm. the money is a way to pay the bills, but it is about security or it's about affirmation or about power or value. It's so many things. And mm-hmm. so I think that, you know, that's I think that that is a big issue that that people have coming into this. And and there's two sides obviously to those to those coins as well. What do you think Elise Pattis founder of Untied is your Biggest piece of advice to people considering divorce. This is Dialogue on Divorce. We are talking today with Elise Pettis about the divorce process. And Elise is the founder of Untied, a really phenomenal community for women based in Brooklyn, New York. We seem to have had a little bit of trouble on the line, um, but I know that Elise has really started this community out of her own experiences and her own reasons for feeling that there was a real need in the world for community in person and online to create support for women who had questions about divorce-related issues, financial questions, parenting questions, dating questions, things that worry all of us as we go through the divorce process. And I know from my own interactions with her and my own interactions with people who are also members of the Untied community, that these kinds of questions what will become of me? will my kids be okay? what will happen next? how should i handle dating? And, and these kinds of questions are answered by the events that she puts on on her organization which has an online presence at www.untied.org. She also has a newsletter that you can access if you send her an email at, Elise at untied.org, You can sign up for, and she will send you notifications of her upcoming events, which happen, I I think, on a monthly basis in Brooklyn and also some in Manhattan and some uh, she's starting to do online. I have had the opportunity to come to those events on a number of, of occasions and been approached by women who had all kinds of questions about the process of divorce Uh, whether or not they should consider collaborative divorce or mediation, as well as a more traditional approach and why and how it all works. And I've had the opportunity to give those answers in the context of my own experience, which is very much that people should really think about what's important to them and sort through their own values, because to make a reactive decision about in the early parts of the divorce that is really based on fear and worry and surprise and feelings of wanting protection and security to hold on to a sort of a false sense of security can really lead people to make bad decisions. I had a number of years ago, someone come to talk to me, and this was after her divorce and this was quite a few years after she'd been divorced. And she had a number of children. And she was getting divorced in a community in which she and her husband were quite high profile. And so she felt really worried and concerned. And she said, you know, I really felt like I needed to hire a shark in order to protect me. And the behavior of that attorney, of that shark attorney, behaving like a shark, so damaged the relationship that she had now with the father of her children, the her former husband, that she felt that had would never be able to recover. And in my office, years later, she wept over the damage that this shark had caused to her relationship with her former husband because, of, he, of course, he assumed that this had come from her and that she was unable to stop the attorney from acting in this way. Elise, are you there?
1: I am now. I lost you there for a
0: minute. Well, I'm glad you're back. I've been talking a little bit about the experiences of hiring a litigator and how that can reflect very negatively on the person who hires that very aggressive attorney and how damaging that can be uh, for the relationship between the couple as they go forward as co-parents. And, you know, I had asked you right before uh, I lost you if there was you know, a piece of advice that you would have for people as they're considering divorce or beginning divorce? You've had a lot of experience and you've talked to, you know, hundreds probably of women in this situation. What was the single biggest piece of advice you'd give them?
1: Well, I would say start educating yourself as soon as possible, earlier rather than later, like pick up the phone and call Catherine or call an attorney's office. And I would just say also that if you and your, and this is something I'm, I'm sure you tell people all the time, but if you and your soon to be ex-spouse essentially want, you, you know, each other to be okay moving on through life and for your kids to be okay, I would say go with the least fractious litigious process you can. I feel like while I liked my lawyer a great deal, and I didn't know about collaborative law, and it was not an option because my husband had already hired a very, very aggressive attorney. Um, I did find that there were moments where there was sort of needless hostility introduced into the process, and that I was tamping it down and I think that I think that came from the fact that my attorney was had just been doing. You know litigation for so long it was just in her DNA and and i I wish that it had been a process in which everybody looked at both sides and said, "What does this person need to continue on in a in a secure and happy life, and what does this person need to continue on in a secure and happy life as opposed to you know my client needs you know should have all of it <laughs> there's right. just no reason, and your kids are gonna." It just, it, 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 that whole, um, that approach adds so much burden to the kids, go even going, you know, going, going on into life, um, you know, aside from the day-to-day sort of hostility going through the process itself, I think that, you know, I would say if you can mediate, wonderful. If there's a power imbalance and it's significant, I think that brings up, a lot of problems. I think mediation, when one partner is bullying the other, and it can be difficult. And I think that I would move right along to collaborative if (laughs) if I was in a situation like that. And some situations, there's no other option than to get, you know, a powerful, aggressive mitigator when there is such a big power imbalance. I mean, it has its place, I think. But again, you know, the least amount of animosity during the process the better
0: even if you're angry
1: yeah even if you're angry and i think i mean i i think people feel very taken care of in your hands and i know so many i i meet i meet clients of yours all the time (laughs) who (laughs) i didn't know you know were your clients but i do think that one way i think that that one of the reasons they were so ready to sign on to you and to the collaborative is because you recognize that there's anger. You're not pretending there isn't. (laughs) And I I think that that's um, hugely important.
0: Yeah. I actually think that in some ways, choosing a process that manages that anger or and deals with it instead of ignoring it is a reason to choose a process that doesn't sort of fall from those feelings of anger, right? That 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 anger is there, it needs to be, especially if you share children, which most of my clients do, and I think most of the people who are members of Untied do, that the then there is a reason to choose a process that's going to help you figure that out so that you can go forward in some way as co-parents together. Elise, I want to give a chance, I did a little bit in the time that you were off the line, try to give people, our listeners your Mm -hmm. contact information, but I'd like you to tell us a little bit about Untied, how people can sign up for your newsletter, tell us about some of the events you have upcoming this fall, if you know what they are, and give us some information about that.
1: All right. So Untied is a membership organization, but you don't need to be a member to either get our newsletter or come to our events. We've got, uh, we have monthly panel evenings Starting in September and going through June, the first evenings coming up, and they're all in, most of them, I should say, are in Brooklyn Heights, the the evenings coming up are going to be on events like, uh, on issues such as uh, blended families, being single and dating. And it's always, you know, we'll have a choose, how to choose an attorney that's right for you. We'll have that early, probably mid-fall. and what's and your
0: website so people can see where these are listed? It's
1: untied.net, www.untied.net.
0: And your email address? And is my a-
1: email is elise at untied.net.
0: And that's E-L-I-S-E. Correct. At untied.net. at untied.net.
1: And our newsletter comes out. I think we send out, we send word about upcoming events. And sometimes we send word about, you know, articles we find interesting. We send them out maybe twice a month. So we don't send out, you know, we don't barrage people with email. Um, we do try to post items on the blog or on our Facebook page. We have a Facebook page as well. It's just called Untied, and you can like us there and see more. But we tend to focus on themes according to sort of what's coming down the pipe with our events.
0: And it sounds like what you're trying to do is provide a community sort of for the people who are members of the organization and and give them events that would be useful for them that you think are useful, but also that you get feedback from them as being useful that what they would would want, what would you want, right?
1: Right. So I poll people every now and then and ask them, what what do you need now? And each season's worth of events, I try to curate events that will meet Women who are just starting the process, as well as women who are, say, two, three, ten years out from the process, it could be because they're going back to work, and then we tailor events towards towards that. Could be that they're finally ready to start dating again. Could be that it could be as you you know you brought up. We hadn't heard yet that somebody wanted a blended families event until you brought that to us, which was such a stroke of genius because. We were still pretty young. So most of the women in our organization you know, who were members at that point were still early on in the process of divorce. Now we're having, I'm getting a lot of feedback um, from women who are further down the line and saying, we'd love to hear more about, you know, remarriage, blended families. How do you handle finances when you are remarrying?
0: Because really, I mean, divorce is in the context of a person's life. It's an event. It's something that happens. It's not the be all and end all, even though it feels like sometimes, you know, oh, my God, everything comes to a screeching halt. And now, you know, I have to reimagine who I am, what my life is going to be. It is you do get through it, as you pointed out early in this program. And it becomes yet another kind of thing that happened. And ultimately, other things do happen. You go on dates and you find, you know, you fall in love again and you want to put your families together. And all of that is part of the ongoing process of divorce.
1: And I would even go further than that. And I think we've had this conversation and I had a conversation like this morning with a guy who had divorced, which is to say that so many people who I know, who I've seen go through this process, have emerged from it with such a, a, a strong sense of what the, who they really are and what they really need. And in so many instances, I see women and men come out on the other side being much more positive people who are kind of drawing good things into their life in a way that they could never imagine before. So I'm not saying that oh, divorce is so much fun. I'd love to do that again. But I am saying that if you pull the right kind of support um, and you go through it with wide open eyes and honesty, I feel like it can it can make. Only good changes in your life, you know, I mean, I think life is hard, but I think that um, going through divorce with the right kind of support can make it um,
0: can Can really be a positive in the end. It can be very positive. I think that's that's all the time we have today. Elise Pettis, thank you so much for being our guest on Dialogue on Divorce.
1: Thank you, Catherine. It's really a lot of fun to, to talk about this stuff.
0: Likewise.